Hey guys, how's it going out there? Thanks for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. And here we are coming in for a landing. Uh, the episode you're about to listen to is from Storytime, and this is episode 22 of Storytime. And I'm recording the last chapter of the YFYI salon ownership, the what if chapter. So these are things to start to consider as you navigate to the end of that first year of being an owner and you start to think about what's next, what's coming. Um, So hopefully you guys are geared up, ready for this chapter. And we're gonna have another bonus chapter on the next episode, but this one is chapter 11, the what if chapter. So get ready and here we go. Time for the podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. You know what time it is. It's 9 a.m. So that means it is time for story time. Story time, story time, story time. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Grab your coffee, grab your friends. And come and join us for some story time this morning. How are you guys doing out there? If you're watching, if you're tuning in live on the Facebook, if you're tuning in live on the Instagram, if you're tuning in live on the Twitter. So the Twitter, we've been doing these audio broadcasts that are live. So it's kind of like, I guess you could say it's like live radio. And this is going to be, what episode are we on? Episode 22. Can you believe it? 22 days, 22 mornings. We have come together. And we've had a little story time celebration. 22 days, 22 mornings. Excited to be back with you guys on this day. This is Cinco de Mayo. Hence, if you're on the video, hence my little uh, decorative costume that I'm wearing today for a moment because I can't see anything uh, with this. But today is Cinco de Mayo. The Cinco de Mayo celebrations are going to be a little bit different this year because we are still experiencing our quarantine and social distancing. So Cinco de Mayo is a little different. But Cinco de Mayo, the celebration we have, uh, which is an observation of the uh, the Mexican army's victory over the French Empire, the Battle of Puebla, which happened May 5th, 1862. So that was a while ago. Um, so there's lots of parades, typically food, music, drinks, drink specials at our salon at the Salon 1.0 on Cinco de Mayo. Um, I get to play bartender and I get to go around to the salons and serve Patron margaritas, which I'm missing doing this year uh, because we're having a little bit of a different approach, right? A lot of us, you know, we're still at home. We're still, our businesses are still closed. We're getting ready to reopen, which is going to be pretty exciting. Reopening is already underway you know, for our businesses. Uh, What that looks like for us is making sure that we have the proper equipment and sanitation and uh, making sure that we're ready and versed as we all get ready to go and start getting back to business. You know, and there's, you know, definitely there's lots of, you know, different stipulations and limitations as we get going and I'm sure Um, You guys are experiencing that no matter where you are. um, You're experiencing there's some limitations to what you can do. You know, some limitations to what um, you're you're able to do based on your state or based on what the guidelines of your business, um, what is being uh, mandated there. But I'm excited to get back open. I'm excited to get back to work. I'm excited to get back to our reality and you know this reality is going to be a little different it's not going to be the same reality that we had but i'm excited to get back um so happy cinco de mayo wherever you are 
if you're if you're not able to partake in any festivities you know this is this is my uh, this is my my Patron margarita for you guys so cheers cheers happy Cinco de Mayo welcome to story time we're here at 9 a.m. every morning Monday through Friday where I get to share with you some of the stories some of the experiences some of the battle stories you know as a beauty co CEO as a beauty professional as a salon owner and so if you're in the spirit of Cinco de Mayo you have your you have your Cinco de Mayo uh, wardrobe on I told you guys to come dressed up now I can't see all of you but if you you know want to tweet or want to post or want to comment with a picture of you in your Cinco de Mayo garb I may or may not have a special gift for you so take a picture take a take a quick selfie of you in your Cinco de Mayo garb if you came dressed up some of you may have some of you may have not but if you if you came dressed up then I'm, I'm gonna expect uh, to see a little selfie a little selfie of you in your Cinco de Mayo garb so excited to be here I'm gonna take mine right now while we're live streaming on our Instagram streaming on Facebook so take a little selfie of you and your Insta, Insta, Insta selfie in your Cinco de Mayo garb and post that picture, hashtag story time, and I may have a little gift for you. So this is episode 22. I've been coming to you guys every morning at 9 a.m. Hopefully you brought a friend today. If you did, awesome on you. If you didn't, I don't know why. Uh, but we're going to be going into another chapter of the book. And I have to take my Cinco de Mayo costume off now because I really can't see anything. Um, these, I've had these for a while. These are these little fun uh, glasses. They've been to a lot of places. They actually, I got them, you know, here in Florida years ago. And I'll wear these every Cinco de Mayo when I'm at the salons and I'm serving up those Patron margaritas as I'm pouring those for our guests that are coming in, they'll go from salon to salon to salon, I'll wear these. I'll be in, in my Cinco de Mayo disguise. And um, I've taken these all over the place. I took them to, actually took them to Mexico last year um, when we had our, our trip. We had a team cruise, went down to Cozumel. Um, so I've had these, they've traveled with me as I've moved around and um, these are my Cinco de Mayo special costume decorative glasses. So I'm going to take these off for now so I can see what's going on um, and I can get into our story time today. But hopefully you guys dressed up. If you didn't, shame on you. Why didn't you dress up? So Cinco de Mayo, this is going to be a special one. We're actually closing in on the end of this book. So the first you know, 10, 11 episodes I was reading to you from your first year in the beauty industry, how to not just survive, but thrive in the business of beauty. And then we switched gears into the second book in the YFY book series, which is your first year in salon ownership. And the things that I've learned over the past, you know, 10 years of being a salon owner, um, being able to have, you know, our salons we have in Florida, we have salons now, and we are in Texas. So, the things that I've learned over the last 10 years, you know, going on 11 years being an owner, and we've been working through that book now. And uh, what are we gonna do when we finish that book? Because we're almost done with that book. Well, I think we're gonna have to keep story time going. Hopefully we can keep it going even after all the salons are open and we're all back to business. I'd like to still be able to come back and. Uh, and do these live story times. Maybe we'll go into other information. Maybe we'll go into the third book in the YFY book series, which doesn't even exist yet. I've been working on you know it and creating it, but there's, it's not actually out there yet. But the third book in the series, so maybe we'll kind of hash it out and you'll get a maybe a live kind of behind the scenes of going through that whole process of putting that book together. So we'll see, but we're gonna keep something going. I mean, if this is your first time joining us, welcome to Storytime with Sunny D. If this is your, you're just back again because you like coming and hanging out, welcome back, welcome back. Um, so as we get ready to open 
and get ready to go back to work. I know there's, you know, there's probably a lot of uh, questions. You know, I was sharing a little bit with my team yesterday. I was, you know, going to a couple of our supply stores, and um, it was it was interesting. We had some, we had a, uh, I mean, I had some interesting encounters because there's a lot of, you know, how people are approaching the reopening and there's a lot of questions in the air there's a lot of like what should we do what shouldn't we do um, there's a lot of those kinds of things like hanging over people's heads and there's going to be a lot of that there's going to be this kind of gray area in this period um, where everybody's eager and anxious to get back to work um, but you know just as in you know in any kind of kind of stressful or, or um, unclear area navigation is going to be the key and as we're navigating going back to work within our company um, we know that you know there's there's potential risk all the time but we already we also know that uh, what's already existing out there and what's happening um, you know if there's a fire you know we don't have to necessarily uh, need to run into into the fire you know you can walk deliberately you can walk directly um, but you know you don't need to run into it so as I'm looking at it and observing um, and, and keeping an eye on how we're navigating it you know there's a lot of people that I mean you know we saw a couple weeks ago in the state of Georgia I know a lot of people in Georgia they're just like all right we're open and, and they're just kind of roll the dice and see what happens that's one approach and then there's a more measured and more you know like kind of deliberate approach and a method method approach um, so there's going to be lots of different approaches um, you know, I, I think that when it comes to you know, like opening up, thinking about when you want to open, how you're going to open, uh, being being in a situation where you know we were quick to close, um, and that was you know, and and just thinking about safety and thinking about you know what could happen and what possibly could happen. Um, so I said it's better to be quick to close and slow to open than slow to close and quick to open. Cause then you're on you're on the opposite ends and that's where a lot of people will find themselves as we're starting to navigate you know and get prepared uh, make sure that we have information also being able to see what some of the other states are doing different states and different areas are getting you're able to get feedback because you know it's like you know you pull the band-aid off right you rip the band-aid off and then you, you can't reuse it you know so you're gonna have to get a new band-aid you know, so if if there's states or there's areas that open up and then all of a sudden there's another surge in cases or outbreaks and things like that, then what? It's not going to be so easy to then close it back up. You can go back, back and forth, back and forth. Um, so I think that's where a lot of the states are wanting to take their time and do it right. But there's no playbook. So it's all being written in real time. It's all being written um, while we're watching and, and this is happening. I know for all of my people in the in the uh, barber community and the in the hair salon and the stylist community you know having having to go back to work is going to be a little bit you know it's going to be a little nerve-wracking in a sense you know we want to make sure that we're doing it the right way but our business i mean essentially doesn't exist without contact with another person right you have to put your hands on somebody um, if you're going to be doing their hair doing their makeup you know, washing their hair, cutting their hair, coloring their hair. You're gonna be, you know, at most, right? If, you, if you're like me and you've got really long arms, at most you might be, you know, two to three feet away from them at any time. You know, so when they're saying, you know, remain six feet, remain six feet, everywhere you go, you see, you know, every store and every, everywhere, it's like six feet, six feet, six feet, social distancing, six feet, practice six feet, practice six feet. And then you, you forget, like, no, we don't have, our arms aren't that long. You know, we don't have that uh, option. Um, so those are things that you have to consider, you know, as you're going back. Like, there's going to be some industries and some businesses and some professions that that's just not a reality. It's not practical. Um, so the information and the knowledge that you're trying to get and consume and, and take in so you can then make, you know, wise decisions um, and take the right precautions as you're going back to work are going to be critical. And as we go back to work and we are able to, you know, people are, they get more confidence, right? Some of the fears will ease um, and we'll be able to have 
you know, the ideal situation occur where people are comfortable, people are, you know, in their comfortable knowing, especially when, you know, a vaccine comes out. I mean, then it's going to be, I mean, that's going to be, it's going to be a great day because then people are going to know, okay, there's a vaccine. I mean, and there's been a lot of success, even people that have contracted the coronavirus, there has been a lot of success. So there are some bright spots in there, you know, so when you do go back, you know, knowing as much as you can, uh, learning as much as you can about the virus, about the potential treatments, you know, about the potential therapies, about the potential, all of the symptoms, about everything that you can, um, so then you can go in with confidence. And that's the big thing, especially if you're in a high touch industry like ours, having confidence is gonna be paramount because that's gonna be, you know, people coming in saying, okay, put your hands on me. And I'm trusting that, you know, I'm going to be safe and you're going to be safe and we're all going to be safe. Um, but having the confidence, it's going to come from the knowledge and the education. Um, so that's a big thing for me. That's something I'm continuing to do, making sure I'm learning as much as possible, making sure um, that I'm, you know, talking with my team about it, um, communicating that to our, you know, guests. So talking to your customers about it, making sure they know, you know, what's going on um, and then. You know, knowing what, what is practical and what makes sense and what you can do um, so you can still give that confidence, be able to deliver the products or the services that you're wanting to deliver and doing it in, in a safe way. And so that's going to be a big part of the navigation. Um, as we were going into this, you know, I was thinking, I was talking to a group yesterday and I was talking about how, you know, having those plans, those different plans um, are going to be critical not only now during the corona economy that we're going into which is going to be a new economy you know it's going to be new practices business approaches new businesses but having the plan a but also having the contingency plans b plan c plan d plan e plan f you know in life i don't really know anybody that's you know, has plan A and this plan A is just rock, rocking and rolling and that's just what they're still working on. Maybe you do, but I do not. Everybody that I know, especially the super uh, successful people that I know, they're like on plan C, D, E, F, you know. I know for myself I'm on plan E, F. You know, so when you start thinking about like people that you know, like look at super successful people and, and talk to them, ask them, listen to their, you know, their video, their podcast, read their book, find out what plan are they on. And you'll find out that nobody's on plan A. And so if you're on plan A right now, and that's the only plan you have, you're probably just getting started in whatever you're getting into, whatever you're into right now. Um, so I want to encourage you to start thinking about contingencies start thinking about, and this is something, you know, I, I learned in the military. This is something I practice still today in life. Um, this is something you also learn in, in sports, you know, when their coach is drawing up plays. And then you have to think like, if this happens, then what do we do? If this happens, then what do we do? Those are contingencies. So I want to encourage you to start thinking about contingencies and thinking about plan B, plan C, because if you do go back, right, if you do go back, and then we'll just throw a, a contingency out there. There's a huge spike in cases in your state or in your city. And then they close your city or your state or, or your you know county down again. What are you going to do? Are you just going to pack up your stuff, go back home and be like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I'm back on quarantine. I'm back. I'm back at home. I'm just sitting, you know, waiting for the, you know, them to say I can go out again. I mean, is that going to be your contingency plan? So I want you to think about that. Like, what happens if that happens? Start making some contingencies. There's nothing wrong with having a backup for your backup, even for your backup. So having some plans. So that's one of the things I want to encourage you guys as we get ready to go. And as you guys are going back to work and you're starting back up and your city or your city's on the, on the cusp of starting back up, you know, have contingencies and to go back, 
you know, to work without contingencies is almost asking for problems. It's almost asking for, you know, a situation because now you're going back, but you don't really have a contingency. And then you get told, oh, we're shut down again because of that, that, whatever. And then you have to go back home. What is going to be your contingency plan? So that's one thing I would say, start thinking about contingencies. Because as I shared with, you know, I shared with the group um, yesterday and I shared with, I've been sharing a lot, you know, this isn't something that's like a one-off thing. Yes, the coronavirus isn't even new, right? We know it's the novel coronavirus, which means novel means new, but coronavirus has been around, so a new strain, uh, but there will be some other thing. There will be something else that's gonna disrupt your economy, your community, your business, your life, your world. There's gonna be something else and so if you know that there's things, rainy days are coming, right? If anybody goes outside and gets rained on, whose fault is it? You know, you could point your you know, finger up at the sky and you can yell at the, you know, at the, at the heavens or the gods or whoever, um, but it's your fault, right? If you go outside and you don't have an umbrella, well, you're thinking, well, I live in, uh, I live in, I don't know, in the desert, you know, it doesn't ever rain, but that one day it does rain and you don't have the umbrella, whose fault is it? Every day that it rains, it's your fault. You know, if you don't put an umbrella in your backpack or you have it in your car, have it wherever, have it with you, then it, when it rains, you get wet, it's no one's fault but your own. And so knowing that these things are gonna happen, you know, look at the timeline, 1907, 1929, 1987, 2008, 2010. Um, so all of those years, we had some kind of disruption in the economy, and I sucked in school, like, you know, I didn't want social studies, forget about it, history, forget about it. But as I got, you know, into business, I started learning that there's patterns and business is a lot of pattern recognition and life is a lot of pattern recognition. Because as you start to grow and mature as a person, you start to understand connections. You're like, oh, I've seen this happen before. I know if this happens, I know that happens, or I've seen these patterns before. And so I started really getting into history and studying. And when you look back from 1907, 1929, 1987, 2008, 2010, you know, 2008 was the, the last big financial crisis where we dipped into a little uh, great recession period where the housing bubble burst, right? And that was a man-made travesty, right? Now we're doing 10 years later, you know, a little over 10 years later, we're going through the coronavirus and it's another travesty, arguably, is it man-made? Hopefully, I mean, we don't know, but uh, you know, there's, there's some speculation out there, but, the, and it's rocked our economy to the core. But even in 1917, you know, that was the panic of 1917. We saw a 50% contraction. Um, and then 1929, which was the Black Tuesday, the stock market plummets, right? Uh, to 1987, we had, it was called Black Monday, right? And then even in 2000, there was the dot-com bubble burst. So all of these periods of time, we've had these huge contractions where the economy was getting squeezed and everybody's pocketbooks were getting squeezed. Um, so when these things happen repeatedly, and you know, if you were if you were sitting somewhere, you know, you're sitting on a bench on the side of the road, and a car goes by, and there happens to be a pothole, and the car hits that pothole, and there's a puddle, and that puddle splashes up and splashes on you. What would you do, right? You'd say, okay, well, you identify, okay, that pothole's there, the car comes, splash, hits me, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move to the other side of the bench, I'm gonna move to the other side of the street. Uh, another car comes by, hits the same pothole, and you stay sitting there, and it splashes and it hits you again. What do you do, right? Doing the same thing over and over, if you continue to sit there, you're gonna continue to get splashed. And doing that same thing over and over, we know that's the definition of insanity. You know, so if you know that there's going to be another contraction, there's going to be another financial squeeze, there's going to be another, whether it be a bubble, whether it be a virus, whether it be man-made, whether it be a natural disaster, you know there will be more things coming. What are you going to do? 
And you know, you have to start thinking about those things now because if you're not thinking about them now, you're maybe being naive to the fact that, oh, it's not, this won't happen again. This is a once in a lifetime thing. And I just gave you five or six periods of lifetime over the last, you know, 100 plus years that we've had these happen, these events. So just keep that in mind as you guys are navigating not just the coronavirus and this corona economy that we're going into, but as you're navigating the next thing or towards the next thing or around the next thing or through the next thing, because there will be more things. There will be more things. As we get into this chapter, you know, I wanted to kind of open with that because this chapter that we're going into is the what if chapter. So this is like the what if, what if you do make it? And so yesterday we went into growth and expansion and you know, some of the things I was reading about, you know, I haven't read these things since I wrote these things. So it was, it's kind of creepy in a sense because it was like, as I was reading it, it was like the stuff that was happening right now but this is written, you know, a few years back. Um, so that kind of, you know, I, I was, I was like, oh man, um, this has actually come to pass. It's come to fruition, you know. And it's just pattern recognition. It's not. I'm not Nostradamus. I'm not predicting the future. It's just pattern recognition. But it still was kind of creepy when I read that and I, some of those things about, you know, companies that may not exist by the time you read this. And I was talking about. Sears and Walmart and Wendy's and Sports Authority and Toys R Us and Sports Authority and Toys R Us closed down. Um, and if and it was like if you don't kind of think about geometric expansion and shifting your business model in some way, you may not exist, you know, and some of those don't and it's already happened. And today we're going into chapter 11, you know, and chapter 11 is the what if chapter. So we started with, you know, why is salon ownership for you? Chapter two was starting with the end in mind. Chapter three was systems. It was a good one. Chapter four, the numbers. Chapter five, the hiring process. Chapter six, career paths. Chapter seven, you only have two hands. Chapter eight was on financing and construction. Chapter nine, key relationships. Chapter 10, growth and expansion, which was yesterday. And today we're doing chapter 11, what if you do make it? So this is the last chapter, and then after that, there is some bonus material. I'm going to save that for another episode. But as we get into this chapter today, you know, I want you to be thinking about these things. And a lot of this is like what's next, contingencies, having plans, thinking about what's coming, thinking about what's down the road. So here we go with chapter 11. We're going to start with a quote. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Who knows what quote that is? Who is that? Does anyone watching, whether you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, I know if you're on um, Twitter, I'm, I'm recording this live broadcast, but I may not be able to see your tweet reply. But if you're listening to the podcast, just shout it out. I'm going to give it to you again. Here's the quote. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. So that, my friends, my younger friends, may you guys may not have know, known this one. If you're a little older, 80s, 90s, early 90s, maybe you do. Um, that was a quote from Doc. Doc from Back to the Future. Um, in that scene, I remember when he went, he kind of, it was like, at the, I think it was at the end of the first one, where he went back to pick up Marty and he gets to, you know, he's at Marty's house. He's in, they have the DeLorean there and he, Marty gets in and they have to get up to, was it 88 miles an hour for the flux capacitor to kick in so they could blast through the time portal and you know travel back to the future, right? And so then they get in the car and they're on Marty's street and Marty's like looking out, you know, in the street, there's not that much, it's not that long. There's not that much runway. And so Marty looks at Doc and he's like, Doc, he's like, we, you know, we don't have, you know, we're never going to make it. We're never going to be able to get updated. We don't have enough like runway. He's like, there's not enough road here for us to get up to, you know, 88 miles an hour. And then Doc looks at him. He's like, roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. And he like, he had done some work on the DeLorean and all of a sudden the car lifts up 
the wheels turn in it's like got like jet blast on the bottom and it like flies off <laughs> so that was doc from back to the future roads where we're going we don't need roads and i think he had some cool glasses he put on as he's looking at marty and marty's just like tripping because he's like what's going on here i didn't know the delorean flies so here we are chapter 11 what if dot 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 you do make it awesome you did it you made it through the first year as a salon owner kind of maybe you lost some blood sweat and tears along the way all normal by the way you may have also lost part of your mind normal as well so now what well keep in mind those stats i shared with you early on about the attrition rate in the first five years which could creep up as high as 98 percent and then the little 2% that make it crumble in the next five. Just a little friendly reminder. It's not time to rest on your laurels. Now that you're past year one, it's time to really take a close look at your day-to-day. -day. The value that you add to your company as the commander-in-chief becomes critical. These next two to three years are the infantile stages of not only your business, but also you as a business owner. What I see happen with most owners is they get lost on what their role is. If you, as the business owner, are also a practitioner of the craft, you may default into work hard mode, which is fine, but you could be working hard at the wrong things. I'm not saying to stop practicing yet, but refocus your energy. The reason I say yet is because of that whole two hands thing we talked about earlier. One of the three laws of the mind, you can only focus on one thing at a time is true. One of the best salon owners I know, my good friend Steve, isn't an operator of the craft. He's 100% operator of the business though. Through his singular focus as the business operator, he's built one of the best salons there is, Salon 427 in Spring Hill, Florida. Little shout out to Steve. I don't know if you're watching my brother, but um, I remember writing this. It was, uh, it was, I was smiling as I was writing those words. So he's constantly innovating, mastering new business skills, and elevating himself and his team to the next level. At one point, he was thinking of going to beauty school, which I did not encourage because he wanted to add value to the business. What I told him is the same advice I'm giving you. There are so many ways to add value besides doing the technical work. If he had gone to beauty school, there's no doubt he probably would have become an amazing hairstylist. The busiest in his business, no doubt, simply because of his work ethic and all-in attitude. And that's the problem. While he was busy being an awesome stylist, his business would have been busy falling apart around him, especially during the infantile stage. Your business needs a lot of attention. There's two kinds of work that happen in every business. One is the technical work that the business does. The second is what I call the system work. For some reason, probably because of how our brains are wired, we default into technical work mode. The real heavy lifting though is the system work, the mental work, the studying of systems and processes and constant refinement to make them measure up to one of my litmus tests. I call FEE, F-E-E, -E, which stands for fast, efficient, and effective. <clears throat> Every system must pass this test or else it's costing you in the way of time and money. I guess that's where you end up paying that, a fee for inefficiency, pun intended. So if you think about fee, right? Fast, efficient, effective, you can test these things, you can put different systems in place, try it, experiment, reiterate back to the drawing board and tweak it because you wanna make your systems be, uh, follow into that, you know, fee, fast, <clears throat> efficient and effective. Back to the story. One of the other huge items that you, the owner, need to do is run the HR department. In the beginning, you'll be running most departments, by the way. The definition of an HR department is the following. 
A human resources department is a critical component of employee well-being in any business, no matter how small. HR responsibilities include payroll, benefits, hiring, firing, and keeping up to date with state and federal tax laws. Critical is the key word. Employee well-being is the challenge. As a business owner, everyone on your team has their own agenda and goals, and you have the task of trying to align those with the ones you've set for the company. In some cases, you'll hire someone whose goals align perfectly, but in most cases, it'll be a constant grind, day in and day out. You'll have to remind them constantly of where the company is going and how they fit into the big picture. From my experience, most people want similar things, a sense of contribution, growth opportunities, and to earn a great living doing something they enjoy. However, confidence, self-esteem, and self-awareness are all traits that I found are underdeveloped in most people. I blame it on eighth place trophies among other things. But the false sense of security that the big bad world immediately exposes as complete bullshit once you enter the real world has made the HR department an extremely busy place. So I'm gonna jump in here for a second. So when you think about that, the eighth place trophies, <clears throat> what does that do? You know, that gives people a false sense, right? Everybody's a winner, I'm a winner, you're a winner, we're not, it's not. You're not all winners, right? There are winners, there are losers. Um, there, you know, there's, that's the reality. And so, and I'm not sure, you know, where and the psychological talks and all of the circles, they decided, you know, yeah, everybody gets a trophy because in, in the real world, everybody does not get a trophy. And so what that does is it creates that false sense of self-esteem, that false sense of confidence, that false sense of like, I'm awesome. And then you go out in the real world and you get your lunch taken and you realize you're not that awesome. And then you're like, well, what happened? Everybody said I was the best, right? Because you've been being told you were the best. So, it, you know, if you're raising kids, especially right now, I mean, maybe you have to show them there's winners and there's losers. I mean, that's, that's reality because the world will show them. The world doesn't care. The world isn't going to you know, care about their feelings or care about, you know, giving them a, a, a trophy because they showed up. The world is not going to be that way. So if you have the ability to help guide them in, into the real world, maybe a little bit sooner than later, take the opportunity. <clears throat> All right, let's get back to the story. <clears throat> you, as the head of the HR department, have your work cut out for you. Currently, I'm not the oldest one in my company. I'm not the smartest one in my company, and I'm definitely not the prettiest one in my company, but I will say this. I'm the most disciplined one, especially when it comes to developing those traits I just mentioned. That helps me create a bulletproof mentality, which is why you need as the CEO and leader of an organization during the infantile stage is when this matters most. <clears throat> so those traits that I'm talking about, I'm gonna jump in here for a second. So developing you know, real confidence, developing self-awareness, developing your self-esteem you know that can happen through you educating yourself through you reading learning listening podcasts books to bulletproof your mindset because the world is in inevitably it's going to be a negative world we live in it's there's always going to be you know things you can find out that suck and it's just sad and i mean think about right now there's a lot of people that are going to be really depressed there's a lot of people that are going to be down and sad and you know because they you know they haven't been able to work aren't making any money got laid off maybe their business now filed for bankruptcy maybe it's not even going to exist anymore so they're losing hope and so you have to as the leader um, lead through that crisis but you have first not only to lead other people you have first to lead yourself 
So you mentally getting stronger and preparing your mind and bulletproofing your mindset is going to be critical. And then being able to teach people how to do that. So you can develop it over time. And over time, if you're consistent with it and you keep on doing it, you will develop that bulletproof mentality that no matter what kind of storm comes your way, what kind of fire is thrown at you, you're able to navigate through that and you're able to help lead and navigate other people through it. And so you as a CEO, you have to work on that. It's going to be critical. So back to the story. Uh, during the infantile stage is when this matters most. Being new at something also means you're fragile. No one likes to look like an idiot when learning something. I'm sure you've been in a classroom environment and when the teacher asks, who has any questions, even though you had one, you didn't raise your hand because you didn't want to look stupid. Well, newsflash, you weren't the only one. The problem is that teacher didn't create the right environment where you felt comfortable enough putting up your hand into the air. <clears throat> your job as the CEO is to constantly be working on creating such an environment. As you make your way through your infantile stage, another key thing on your to-do list is recruiting new talent and new leadership. You have to have your eye on that. You'll want to experiment with this in the early stages to see what works. There's no three-step process to recruiting, but always be hiring. Some owners only hire when they need someone. That's usually when they're too busy to train that new person and they get lost in the pipeline. I prefer to hire during the slower periods so you'll have the time to get people indoctrinated correctly. If you're concerned about money to pay them, go back and read the chapter on financing. Money should not prevent you from hiring, even if it's a couple part-timers or better yet, maybe some interns. If you've designed your business correctly, interns who are working for experience instead of pay should be seeking you out for the opportunity. If you haven't thought about that as an option, I definitely would. The last thing I want to draw your attention to after this first year is your brand messaging. You have a small window to play around with your brand messaging before you start to confuse people, so do it early. If you're not 100% satisfied with your logo, business cards, website design, Instagram profile, Facebook, etc., now is the time to make those tweaks. Once you get into the adolescent phase, years four, years five, and six, it's rebranding, which is a much harder thing to do. By that time, you'll have hopefully a lot of equity in your messaging and it'll cost too much to change everything. Unless, of course, it's necessary. If your messaging is not drawing the kind of clientele or staff you want, there comes a time when you have to cut bait. I've seen some companies hold on too long. They are hoping with fingers crossed that they can resurrect the brand. But when your messaging doesn't resonate, meaning you've gone cold, you have more luck digging up your grandma and bringing her back online so she can make you a Sunday dinner. <laughs> Throwing money at the problem doesn't fix anything and you have to get the messaging on point. In these early stages is when you have the flexibility to experiment because no one knows you yet, so they're not expecting anything from you. Once you become known as the blank for blank, then the consumer has to be resold. Good luck with that. Imagine if Walmart tried to become the high-end provider of goods. Um, that ain't happening. Their messaging as the lowest price and rollback saving super center is locked into every consumer's mind. So I'm going to jump in here for a second. So think about that when it comes to you know branding, remessaging. <clears throat> that's there's companies that hang on too long. So that's I mean I, I know in the beauty industry you know if you if your whole pitch is about being the lowest cost, lowest price, lowest everything, and then you try to spin it, and then you're like, oh, we're super, we're high, the high end, like you're not gonna resell the customer on that. Um, vice versa, you know, if you're starting as the high end, like no one's all of a sudden gonna be thinking of, you know, Louis Vuitton as like a discount store. You know, if Louis Vuitton try to come in with the discount store, they have to create a whole new brand. Um, there are companies that have rebranded. I mean, small ones I'm thinking about right now. 
uh, in real time, like Dunkin' Donuts. They were Dunkin' Donuts and now they're just Dunkin'. Uh, because when you go in their stores, you can see they've done a facelift on the stores. There's definitely not just donuts and coffee. Um, they're definitely getting into other items of food and trying to become more. And it's not easy. They're having them. I mean, it's not, you know, right now, obviously, a lot of their restaurants are closed, but it's not been easy for them to do that because what they're trying to do is they're trying to recreate this image in the consumer's mind that they've spent, you know, I don't know how long has Duncan been around. Let's see if Alexa knows. Hey Alexa, when was Dunkin' Donuts founded? Maybe she knows. Dunkin' Donuts was founded in 1950 by William Rosenberg. It is 70 years old. There you go. Thank you. Um, 1950, okay? 70 years old, right? And there in, she still knows, you know, it has Dunkin' Donuts, but now they're, they're like, oh, we're now Dunkin', right? So it's, it's one of those things where rebranding, getting your messaging, tweaking it, um, rebranding is hard, but tweaking your messaging early on if you're just getting started, if you're just building your profile, start tweaking, start playing with your messaging. Do it now because if you do it now and you can test it and you can see what's working, what's not working versus you know building up this whole brand and then all of a sudden trying to do a pivot. And I shared with you yesterday about growth and expansion when I tried to uh, develop two new brands that I was experimenting with. Um, they were associated, but also not with my flagship brand, which is the Salon 1.0, because it was a whole different approach. Express was all about $25, 25 minutes um, or less of all the services and products and everything that we were doing in there. <clears throat> so that was a different messaging. So I wasn't gonna call it you know, the Salon 1.0, it was called you know, Express, Express Salon. Um, same thing with if you're starting a men's brand or it doesn't matter what the product and service is but if you're starting a whole new brand you've got a messaging that you're developing for that brand that is going to take time and so playing and in, in experimenting early in the process is the time to do it so have some fun with it but make sure you do that early and do it often because when it starts to stick you know and like i said like walmart when you think of low prices you know, Amazon, like the everything store, also associated with low prices. Um, you don't think, and then Louis Vuitton, you associate with high prices, you associate with luxury. So there's gonna be, when you think of different airlines, different um, clothing, you know, brands, different food brands, you're gonna think different things. When you think of Dunkin' Donuts versus a Starbucks, their messaging took time over years and years of development. And so your early phases is when you wanna be tweaking those things. All right, back to the story. In closing, hopefully you're catching what I'm laying down. Your first year is truly just laying the seed. The actual hard work, the farming begins now. At times you're going to want to quit. We've all been there. It's lonely at the top, so make sure you network with a few other owners, people in your position that you can relate to, and you can relate to the pain and you be, that you may be going through and they also are going through at the same time. It'll help. Sometimes there will be no one around and you'll have to go it alone. In times like those, I hope you'll fall back on these words as a guiding light that will help you fight on one more day. Lastly, to save you some trouble, when the naysayers come, and they will, in the form of family, friends, other loved ones, even your business partners at times, when they see you stressed out, working 18 hours a day, on the verge of going bankrupt, they'll offer you advice, quote unquote, or want to give you permission to quit. Saying things like, I'm just trying to look out for you. Remember, that's all part of the process. That's a part of trying to build a great business. That's a part of trying to contribute something new to the world, something that doesn't exist but needs to. I ask you this, before you quit or even think about quitting, answer this question if not you then who so that my friends is the what if chapter things to consider what if you do make it what's next what's happening um, hope you guys enjoyed that one the bonus material afterthoughts and stuff is uh it's going to be a lot of fun there's a lot of things i'll be going through on our next sit down together for our next story time so stay tuned 
Um, I'll be back here 9 a.m. tomorrow morning so we can get into that bonus material and we can talk about some of those other thoughts. Um, I'm sure that one's gonna be fun. I've had a lot of thoughts, especially lately, as we've been rolling here in the corona economy that I'm excited to share with you guys. So hopefully I'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. If you're listening to the podcast, um, hopefully you'll be back or maybe you'll show up for a live. So grab a friend, grab a coffee and come on over. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook pages, multiple pages. Uh, we're streaming, we're on Twitter. Um, these all are being recorded too. So if you guys wanna take me on the run, take me on the walk, uh, take me on the go with you, you can check out the podcast, yfyipodcast.com. And all of the videos and everything will live on the Facebook page. So go and check those out. Um, the Facebook page is just Sunny D, pretty easy, S-O-N-N-Y-D. And hopefully I'll catch you live for story time. So thanks for being here. Um, hopefully you guys are staying safe. You're feeling good. Um, you're getting ready. You're getting geared up uh, to get back out there and create magic in the world. I know I am. I can't wait. Um, and I'm excited to continue doing story time. So I'll see you guys tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern time. We'll be back for another episode. Take care. Hey guys, Sunny here again. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that episode and you started to think about those different things. There's a lot of subtleties there, you know, especially with the branding piece and just the way you're positioning yourself. Um, those things, you get, you get a little wiggle room in the beginning, so make sure you're taking the time to get those things right. Um, hopefully you're working hard on crafting your vision crafting your message. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to be a fan. I can't wait to be a consumer of your product, of your service as you're working on it. And I'm here. If you guys have any questions, anything I can do to help you, hit me up. You can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want to hit me up. Just look for Sunny D. You'll find me pretty easy to find. Uh, but hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Looking forward to coming back tomorrow with another episode from Storytime as we get into the bonus material. So come back tomorrow, come live. All podcasts, if you want to catch up on past episodes, just go to yfyipodcast.com and anything relating to the books. For more information, go to yourfirstyearin.com. So thanks again for listening to the YFYI podcast, guys. And remember, this is the podcast where you come to learn how to build your business right once or else you will be doomed to have to build it again. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon.